0: Out of the park baseball is already the best baseball simulator out there and it's gotten even better with the release of their new perfect team mode. Perfect team is their foray into the ultimate team card collecting modes that have revolutionized the online experience for sports games. If you already have OTP 19 then you have perfect team. Just go to the home page and click perfect team on the right hand side and you'll begin with your six starter packs to build the team. And from there, you can choose to open more packs or dive into the robust auction house and use perfect points to craft the team that you want. The depth of players is truly amazing with a card for every player present on an MLB roster, as well as legendary throwbacks, like Babe Ruth, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, like Darryl Strawberry, Larry Walker, Manny Ramirez, all the way down to novelty players like Bob Eucher and Snuffy Sternweiss. That's right. I said Snuffy Sternweiss. That's a real player. Once you have your team, you build your lineups, you build your rotation, you pick the strategy that you want. You want to run a small ball team. You want to be a full saber matrician. You want to be somewhere in between. You want to run an unorthodox. You can choose You know how often that you're stealing, how often you're using shifts, the slowness or quickness of the hook for pitchers and relievers. A lot of detail there that you can set for the team and how it will run during the simulations. Uh, and once you set all that, you submit your team, and the game simulates outcomes every 30 minutes from 9 a.m. to midnight central. Seasons run from Monday to Sunday, with every day of the week covering a month and then Sundays covering the playoffs. Will you make the playoffs and be promoted to the next level? Or finish with one of the worst records in the league and possibly face relegation down to a previous level? Download the game for just $20 at ootpdevelopments.com and use code SLEEPER19 for a 10% discount at checkout. That's ootpdevelopments.com. Welcome episode 645 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It's Friday, February 15th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man?
1: Oh, it's just another day in paradise. It's like the weirdest weather here in Northern California. It's pouring one minute, and then sunny the next, and then pouring oh. the next minute, and then it's it's really strange right now.
0: See, we're not getting any rain here in Austin, but we've gone from like 45 yesterday, supposed to get up to 87 today which i would love yes but then right back down to like 55 tonight so it's bouncing all over the place right now but man i want i want a couple hours of 80s today that'd be great i'll take charlotte for a nice little walk i got some pods to catch up on so we're recording early in the morning we got some stuff to do today maybe that involves a walk for your boy outside finally it's snowed uh,
1: here last week
0: that's disgusting. That should not. We're trying to be a safe for work podcast. Don't talk about that sort of disgust, that utter vileness. But well, we're talking second baseman today, and we're starting it off. I think I did mention that maybe we'd do it all at once um, on the last episode that we did. Two happened. things. Two things hampering that. One, we are on a, on a time. Mm-hmm. We're on a set time here, so it was just never really going to happen um, today. And two. I wanted to do the situation where I kind of have a pointed question about each of the, the top 20, and that's where I stopped right now. And uh, coming up with a, a pointed question about the top 38 or 50 or whatever would have been a lot more difficult, too. So we're going to do these top 20, and then 21 through whatever we'll do next time, and, and we'll kind of figure out what we're going to do with that. Maybe I group them, and we we kind of pick our favorites there. I'm gonna follow up on something at first base because I just I goofed it, man. I I absolutely goofed it and I don't know how. I don't dislike this player, but we did like forty-two hours on first baseman, and I think we barely mentioned the name Josh Bell except in passing. He didn't get a tag, he didn't get a specific block of time, and so I just missed him. I don't know if it probably didn't, but if ADP changed and you know he he missed the first list, and then when I went back on to do the second list, he would have been at at the other cutoff you know on the other side of the cutoff probably wasn't the case although i have been looking at some online versus draft champions i might have had it stuck on online i try to do draft champions when we're looking at these because they're more inclusive i
1: think that's probably exactly what happened because i think he's like around 25 26 so you might have been outside of the top 25 right around the that first cutoff. time yep. and then moved into the top 25 by the time we recorded the second episode that being said, I really like Josh Bell this
0: year. Yeah, let's let's give let's give a little chatter to him. So back in in 2017, Josh Bell put up a fantastic 26 homer, 90 riby season. Only hit 255, but the plate skills were impressive. You could actually maybe. Uh, Put in some plate growth or some BABIP growth to Im- increase that average because 19% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate, that's really nice. 278 BABIP, you're kind of like, hmm, if this power can stick, uh, he's not an overly fly ball guy, maybe a few extra hits fall. And all of a sudden, we're getting this similar sort of mid 20s power with a 265 plus average, you know, put it up 10, 15 points. Okay, well, the average did crawl up in, in 18 to 261, but the power really fell off. Uh, more than cut in half, despite uh, only playing 37 fewer plate appearances, he went from 26 to 12 homers for Josh Bell. So that was a little disappointing, but the plate skills actually got better. Now it's an 18% strike rate and 13% walk rate. And what do we always say about prospects? Granted, he's not a true on list prospect anymore but what do we always say about them
1: the the growth isn't linear
0: prospect growth isn't linear got that uh that's ron Chandlerism that I, I love to push out there make sure everyone understands i did not make it up it is something that i very much believe in and and keep a close eye on though with these young players who are two three four years into their career it can kind of bounce around before it stabilizes if it ever stabilizes sometimes it doesn't But I think we saw the big growth here in 17, the fallback in 18. And I wonder if we jump back up to 17 and then maybe hit a plateau with Josh Bell. He's someone I'm very interested in. And I think he's a bit of an afterthought at first base. So I apologize for missing Josh Bell. I have a weird affinity for him. You know, I usually root for my Longhorns. Uh, He wasn't an actual Longhorn. But when he got drafted, he said, I'm not signing anywhere. Don't, Don't draft me because I'm going to go to the University of Texas. So he was like a wannabe Longhorn, but of course, uh, you know that that amount of money came through, and it's it's a lot harder to, to keep your guns there. His parents, his parents wrote a letter. I think his mom wrote a letter. You know, I want to say his parents are professors or something to the situation where it's like they're very important. Uh, they find education very important, and they were saying no deal, no deal. And then you know the five mil signing bonus comes along, and it's. It's a lot harder to really say no. By the way, small thing that doesn't matter at all that, that much, baseball reference doesn't have the signing bonus here. So when I go down and I see, oh, he's made 1.1 mil, that's just in the majors. I wonder why they don't have that because he's made more than that as a major league ball player.
1: I have no idea. I, I never use baseball reference because I'm a company man and I use <laughs> fan graphs.
0: Well, we don't have his contract in. I will say, Craig Edwards doing a lot of work this winter on adding contracts, though. So that is something that uh, should be updated this year so that we can just be a company, man. But sometimes, you know, I use both. I'm open to it. I am always have, whenever we're doing this or whenever I'm really just every day, I have Fangraphs and baseball reference open. I get certain stuff from each. I try to get everything I can from us, but sometimes it's an easier read over there. One thing I do like that is easier than what we have is going in the game log and clicking one date versus the other date, and it adds it up. That's just so fast and easy, whereas we have to input the dates for our, our game log. So it's, it just depends what you need. But anyway, that's Josh Bell. He is going 24th right now among first basemen in between Marlon Gonzalez and Jake Bowers um, at pick 227. Perfectly solid right there. Uh, Justin Smoke, Jose Martinez up a little bit ahead of Marlon Gonzalez, and then Nico Goodrum and Tyler White just a little bit below. So that does kind of feel like uh, he, he just got lost in that shuffle there. I do like jo- Josh Bell, though, and I apologize for missing him. Do All good?
1: You, uh, did you find him because you were just staring at Jake Bowers on the ADP page? Correct. Is that like you were just. 100%. Pen- just swooning and lost. Yeah. And spend wow. your Valentine's Day. And uh, then I
0: snapped out of it for a moment, and I was like, "Oh, Josh Bell!
1: Josh Bell's right there. Well, that's weird. I remember him. Josh Bell should definitely be going above Jake Bowers. Like that makes absolutely no sense to me.
0: No, no, he is going above Jake Bowers. Yeah, but that should change.
1: Wait, wait, what do you have sorted? Because I have him. Uh... I have by
0: two. I have two twenty. I have I have two one twenty nineteen oh, okay. draft champions. Okay, and he's he's right there. I had it's one. Marlon, I, Bell, had,
1: I had I uh, had all of the online championships uh, this year, and Jake Bowers is going ahead of him. So I think it's going to largely people, are, people are wising up. Yeah, I think either things are changing. Now I'm going to sort just by the nine drafts that have happened since then, and still Jake Bowers is going 30 picks ahead of him in the online championship over the last two weeks.
0: See. Um, Everyone knows to get on that, that Jake Bowers train. Cause well, he's so yeah,
1: cool. I mean, but they're all making a mistake. Uh, no, jo- uh, Josh, Bell, nah. <laughs> Josh Bell. Josh uh, Bell, I I think that maybe 2017 was a, a little bit of a fluke in terms of the huge power output, uh, mm-hmm. and he, he was bound for a little bit of regression to the mean anyways, but I sure. think last year was way too far. And I think uh, he, I, while I believe the average, I do think he is probably a 260 to 270 hitter. I think that there is more power in that bat. Uh, sometimes it's going gonna, gonna to get lost because he plays in such a cavernous ballpark. But uh, he supposedly is working with his uh, new hitting coach and trying to work on maybe increasing his launch angle, which is... Uh, Below average in terms of uh, you know compared to the major league uh, average, okay. but this is a guy who hits the ball hard, uh, and I think he I love his plate approach, you know it he, he's yeah always that's what been I love guy, about Josh Bell he's always been Great a guy who walks approach. and doesn't strike out I mean outside of a 15 game sample in a ball in 2012 all throughout the minor leagues he walked at a you know sub 19 percent rate or uh, struck out at a sub 19 percent rate and had pretty much double digit walk rates the majority of the way through the minor leagues so i mean these skills that we see from him are legit uh i, I was talking with ariel cohen on the tg fbi pod a while ago and he said that his with his uh, from his projections Josh Bell is one of the most uh, undervalued players in fantasy uh, between, uh, you know, in discrepancy from ADP to uh, his projections.
0: I believe it. I think. I think you know. I I, I missed him. That might just be a, a microcosm of what's happening in fantasy. Is that he's just going a little bit under the radar there, and and might be an interesting value to be plucked for your corner infield for Josh yep. Bell, because those skills are so impressive. We've seen flashes of, of real power. There could be something pretty substantial here. I I agree and I think we want to take a shot at um at, at just betting on the bounce back because there's no major cost investment to do so.
1: Yeah, I think uh when you're when you've got a guy who maybe doesn't have like the huge power upside, like he's not going to hit 30 home runs, uh and he plays on a team that is Kind of boring offensively, you know, and plays in PNC Park, which is which is that huge stadium. I think people just kind of go, "Eh, he's kind of a meh option," and just let him slide down the board. But you need guys who are who are gonna just kind of accumulate stats for you. And I think Bell is one of those guys that mm-hmm. at the end of the year you're gonna go, "That guy helped me win a championship."
0: Yep, I I, I agree. So keep an eye on Josh Bell there. Just had to close the loop on that because it, it was called out, and I missed him. So let's move on to second base now and talk about uh, these top 20 guys. Like I said, I've got a question set up for each. I'll ask you. Let us let me know what you think, and we'll kind of uh, meander through them that way. Let's I, start at the top.
1: I, uh, I've always wanted, um, a few years ago, and I, I, I never actually approached you or, or Eno. I think Eno might have been running it when uh, we were doing it uh, or when I had this idea, but well, a few years ago, April Fool's Day fell on a Sunday, and we don't really produce a ton of content on the site on Sundays. Yeah. And so I, I was going to ask, you know, uh, or you if I could uh, do a, like a huge series of articles that day where it was like one word articles. And I just have like really, really stupid questions we get asked on Twitter. Oh, my God. And the answer would, it would or the entire article would just be like, yes or no. So, like, oh we can God. do that with these because, like, some of these are, like, you know. It's some like... of them are, are real <laughs> quick
0: and, and we're moving on because we don't need a whole lot of discussion on some of these guys. And so I think that that's a good way to keep the uh, to keep the train moving, too. Some of them are going to go off maybe, on tangents. Maybe I'll
1: do that series at some point.
0: I think that's hilarious. I, I'm interested in that. As a great troll, and no one's going to remember it, you know, they're, not, they're, they're hearing it now. They're not going to remember it come...
1: Yeah, April 1st. March 31st,
0: yeah. going into April 1st. I'm going to be like, Justin's going to do that thing he talked about on February 15th. You're not going to remember it, okay? It's not going to happen. All right, so let's start at the top with Jose Altuve. He's got a 13 ADP, 1314-ish, 13.8, whatever. Um, and just simple question, does Jose Altuve rebound from a modest, for him, 2018? Because he really fell off after the, the big rise he'd become kind of the locked in number two behind trout some folks were trying to take there there was some drafts where Altuve was going number one because he, he put up 24 32 years in a row with big batting average and again I say modest for him because it was 13 homers 17 steals 316 average didn't kill you but certainly wasn't what you wanted does Jose Altuve rebound and if so to what
1: yeah I hate being like the guy that that says this because uh, obviously one player doesn't like determine your fate in a fantasy league, and I think a lot of times people are like, "Oh, that guy busted for me. He ruined my season." No, yes. no, I, the majority of the times like that isn't true. Uh, that being said, man, I had so many shares of Jose Altuve last <laughs> year, and. While he is definitely not the only reason uh, that I struggled in the leagues that I had him in, because I also invested in guys like T. Gordon and Billy Hamilton, you know, uh, and this is one of those reasons why sometimes, like, drafting – Scott Pianowski t- tweeted something out the other day. It's like, do not draft for uh, trade value because – Oh, yeah. Things like this can happen where, like – I remember in one league, I drafted both D Gordon and Billy Hamilton. I'm like, I'm going to be able to trade one of these guys. I'm going to flip one. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to build up this huge lead in stolen bases, and then I'm going to flip one of these guys for, you know, a starting pitcher or whatever I need on my team at that point. Uh, and then, of course, they both disappoint. I'm like, oh, okay, well, now I need both of them on my team, and I've got to sit with these batting averages all year. This is great. So uh, that's never a good idea. But in terms of Altuve... Maybe the power doesn't come back, but I assume you gotta assume the speed is gonna come back. A a full season healthy, uh, he offers premium average uh, with a ton of plate appearances. I I think I think injuries definitely took a toll on him last year.
0: For sure. I mean, what 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 did he go out with uh, right after the season? Altuve had the uh, was it
1: knee injury, knee surgery.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so he you know, he had knee surgery right after. It was very clear that Jose Altuve wasn't healthy. And so I think there's a, a very reasonable bet for a rebound, uh, probably in both categories. I, I would say more of like uh, 20 25, 20 homers, 25 steals, and then the premium average is kind of what I'm operating off of and, and, and going from there with Jose right. Altuve. So I am, uh, I'm plenty comfortable taking him in the first round there. I What's think he's the highest? kind of a take? steal. Yeah, right? I mean, coming late first round, what, what's the highest you would take?
1: We were kind of talking about just the construction of the first round before we started recording because we were, we were discussing something that Clay Link from Rotowire uh, uh, tweeted out about Jose Ramirez and his struggles mm-hmm. uh, against breaking pitches in, in the second half, uh, and my feeling is when I look at the first round, there's an obvious one and two. There's Trout one, Betts two.
0: There is no reason to go other with no. somebody other than those two, except if you really believe in the pitchers. I, sure. I, I wouldn't crush you if at two you took Scherzer or DeGrom, if that's just where you're at and you wanted the pitcher. But if you're taking a hitter and you're not taking Trout or Betts, you're definitely trying too hard yes. and and not in, taking the optimal really pace.
1: yeah you're really setting yourself up to be to be disappointed because while Cur- I think the first couple rounds are stronger than maybe we usually see, there's a reason why Betts and Trout are one two, and the rest of the guys are kind of in this blob. Uh, after that is they don't really have warts and while these other guys are amazing, they all have some sort of wart. And if that wart really p- flames up, then you're you're stuck with, you know, a guy who didn't deliver plate appearances, a guy who delivered subpar statistics somewhere. Trout bets one, two is the easy answer. But then I think you can make arguments for a lot of guys. Yeah. You can make arguments for Ramirez. You can make, uh, especially now with Lindor Hurt and him dropping, You, can, you it, it, for me, there isn't a concrete three through... 10, 3 through 18. I, I think you can make a lot of... I'm pushing up both DeGrom and Scherzer in a lot of drafts for myself, especially because I've missed out on some starting pitching runs and not loved uh, my team, though I think you can build a team like you guys did in labor where you, you just load up on bats early. That being said, I think there's an argument that Altuve could go as high as number 3. I don't think he will in any drafts.
0: Sure, but if that's your pick... And you believe in him, you know, because that's that's your only chance at him. I, I think sometimes we, we don't give enough consideration to that. The whole group, I think, uh, of consistent first-rounders is a, are, are legit first-rounders. I don't think that there's massive difference from the top of that first round, uh, from three-pick area, down to even Bregman, who, you know, is not really the pick for me. But if someone took him as high as three or four— I wouldn't lose my mind over it. So I agree with you that Altuve himself could range that high if that's that person's pick. You know, Jake Steve took Christian Yelich four. Well, we're not seeing Yelich regularly go four. Uh, he's really more of a, a, a seven to nine sort of guy. But that's Jake's only opportunity. He got four. If he believes he's a firm first-rounder and is uh, on a par with the Arenado, Martinez, Acuna, Lindor Turner group of, of hitters and, and whoever else you want to get in there. That's his that's his time to take him. I don't have a problem with that. And really at you all.
1: can't tell me like Altuve doesn't have the same, if not more, upside than Yelich. And really, I mean last year was the worst year Jose Altuve has had what since two thousand and I don't know. Really it's ever? it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, I ever mean, because Even when he wasn't hitting for that much power, when he had 7, 5, and 7, his stolen bases were 33, 35, 56, so those were probably better seasons. This was probably Altuve's worst season, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah, he still put up almost 600 plate appearances, double-digit home runs, double-digit stolen bases, and a 313 average. So while that wasn't what you wanted with the number 2 overall pick last year uh, in a lot of drafts, it, it didn't kill you. It didn't like no. you, like I said, you didn't lose your draft because of it. And if we can chalk a lot of, especially the stolen basis part, and I think even the power part up to the knee injury, because he uses a lot of that lower body to generate, uh generate torque and, uh, and, and power that ball out being, you know, having such a small frame, you got to think he rebounds to at least 17 home runs. And thirty stolen bases because he stole thirty bases at at minimum for the previous six seasons. So
0: and he was still premium on the basis seventeen mm-hmm. for twenty one for Altuve. So I completely agree that if anyone wanted to take him, starting at three, if that's your guy. I don't blame you.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I would do that, but... Well,
0: he's not my guy. I'm more of a a Lindor before the injury. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now it's Arenado. Because when the Clay Link stuff came out about Jose Ramirez, I I was just saying, not that I'm anti-Ramirez, but I was a a little bit skeptical as to why he was the locked-in number three. For me, like I said, it was Lindor, Arenado. Then Ramirez was into consideration, but still not locked in. Martinez, Mm -hmm. Lindor, uh, or excuse me, Martinez-Turner, and now you kind of got me thinking. Altuve is like right there. Yeah, I, had, I hadn't really given him as much thought into until it until just now.
1: And now I'm now I'm thinking. Well, KDS, like I want to pick in KDS around like ten, eleven, twelve.
0: We we were really set on on like Judge Goldschmidt. I do think if Altuve makes it, we have to at least talk about him, Jason yeah. and I. I think we had to. We would have had to alter pause a second and say,
1: hmm. Well, because if you go if you go Judge Altuve
0: watch out yeah I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's a ton what of upside. A, what a one-two punch
1: or I mean, even goldie altuve you get you yep. lock up first base you lock up second base uh and then yeah because like let's say stefania speed
0: stefania's proxy takes judge mm-hmm. so we don't even have judge then we we probably would have been looking at um harper stanton goldie from the that we talked about beforehand and then altuve would join the mix oh, so man.
1: if i got harper and altuve i would just lose my mind Telling you, oh, that's, the, a, that's a, the
0: one. The one downside about the the 15 pick, though, is pitching. And as you saw, we ended up with yep. four straight hitters because of the way the
1: pitching breaks. So I keep was that surprised in mind, to too. see you guys not not pop on sale at at 14, or at 15. No, he wasn't there. Oh, did he go? We'd have taken him. Yeah, we uh... were waiting. We
0: we were dying to see if he would make it, mm-hmm. and we would have gone Judge Sale, and then he made it to, I he, made it I to he 13. Slipped. No, no, Cooper. Verlander were available we didn't feel that they were on the same level of DeGrom and Sale we thought there was an obvious cutoff where our hitters were better so anyway that Altuve we do see a rebound maybe not all the way back to 100% Altuve of, of the two years before last but certainly of a fantastic Jose Altuve. I think you should draft him with confidence. I know I will be. Let's move on. This was supposed to be faster,
1: and it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be. Uh,
0: this one will be very quick though, because we've actually talked about him a few different times. So I'm just going to actually ask you for a, a line here, as opposed to any sort of chatter. If you want to hear about uh, Javier Baez, go, go to, the to the other position, shortstop
1: or third yes. base or shortstop review.
0: So for this one, his third, his third, uh, his third try. What is your expectation for Javier Baez's follow-up? What does he do statistically to follow up last year's brilliant breakout season?
1: I think there's a dip in average. I think there's potentially a dip in stolen bases. I still think he's a very good player, and I actually oh, yeah. took him in the Barf League uh, because he fell all the way to, like, pick 30, pick 29. Now, it's an on-base percentage league, so obviously it takes a hit there, but I felt like right. it was such a nice... Uh, uh, such a nice value, especially with a multi-positional eligibility uh, in a league like that, that he was worth kind of you know taking the hit on OBP, and I'll make it up later. Yeah. Uh, so while I'm definitely down on Baez considering the cost, I'm not down on him as a player. This is just I don't necessarily want to use a first round pick on him, and right now he's going in the first round.
0: That's that's the thing is that he's kind of a locked in. Well, not quite locked in, but yeah. he ranges out, outside of the first round. But he's going so early for me for Javier Baez. And to me, I got Baez and Story the same. So give me the guy yes. you know, the, who has course Field over the position eligibility of Baez. And I don't dislike Baez either. If I'm trying to come up with a number, he went uh, 34-21-290 last year with 100-plus runs and ribbies bring the runs and ribbies down to like 90 and 95 respectively. Uh, you know, just, just, just building in some, some fair regression. He also played 160 games. We just don't see guys log a bunch of 160 game seasons. So I think it's just more prudent to put them for like a buck 48 uh, for Javier Baez. And then the homers and steals, I'm going to say 28 and 28, 15 with a 273 average, a damn fine player. But I think with the plate approach that Javier Baez has, it breeds volatility, and you should you should bake in some some real regression, not just oh he loses a few homers, few steals. Uh, moving on, next up is Whit Merrifield a fantasy superstar.
1: Here's one of those where I could do the one word article, and the answer is yes. It, now,
0: why isn't he being drafted? I said he's being drafted high. Don't get me wrong, 29. That's good. Should he be drafted higher?
1: I I think so. Like I I and I was you know I'll be quite honest. I was one of the last people to come around on Whit Merrifield. I was well. These late
0: late bloomers are not are, yeah. are your blind spot.
1: Yeah, it just I didn't want to believe that he could. Well, and, and he also made gains last year in the plate approach. I mean, he almost doubled his walk rate. Uh, I just felt there was some. Uh, there was some risk that maybe people weren't baking in. And I I was completely wrong. And I've completely come around on Whit Merrifield. I think you're getting virtually Trey Turner in the second round. Right. And so for me, if for some reason uh, you miss out on Trey Turner, and I'm a a big Trey Turner fan, uh, you, you grab Whit Merrifield. Or if you're worried about starting pitching, why not go DeGrom Merrifield and that's your start? I, I took Bingo. him in my NFBC draft champions uh, league that I, I drafted earlier this month. I started with, uh, I had the first pick. I went trout, got Severino as my ace uh, in the second round. And then trout,
0: Sevy, wit
1: in Whit Merrifield at, at pick Ooh. 31. So I, and I, like I was pretty stoked with that start.
0: Yeah. I, li- I like that for sure. Um, Joe Pizbia would have had a chance to do that. Tim McLeod took, Merrifield right before Mm -hmm. Joe's double, though. But your point is is that if you're picking in that 1-2 slot, you're going to get a shot at Merrifield. So you can go Trout or Betts, and Merrifield and a pitcher can be there. uh, Tim went Betts, Merrifield, Bueller in labor mix. So I agree. Uh, Fantasy superstar, a little bit underrated because he's a late bloomer. Take that discount and enjoy it. Does Ozzie Albies improve upon 2018? Now I think the perception of Ozzy Albies is that he was some great player last year because he 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 beat expectations right he finished higher than he was being drafted you netted a profit but if you actually dig into the line probably a little bit more underwhelming than than people realize the power sustained him though 24 homers but 261 average uh the runs helped too it was really the the homers and runs cuz he scored 105 runs 72 ribbies, 14 steals 261 average and then the thing that most people hone in on particularly if they're if they're anti-albies is that from May on he wasn't great he was really more of an accumulator type he didn't have a single ops month over 800 i think even over like 760 uh, or something to that effect one thing I take away from that, though, is the fact that he was still able to go 15-11 in that time with 76 runs, 52 ribbies. That paces out to 1914, 94 runs, 65 ribbies with a 2.54 average, despite putting up a 7.05 OPS from that point on. That speaks pretty well to his skills, but I point is taken that the, the excellent... Albie's was really the first six weeks or so, and he was kind of mad the rest of the way. And then two sub six fifty, actually six fifty six in September, but two really bad months to close the season. So does Albie's improve and and kind of hone those skills a little bit from what we saw in twenty seventeen and early twenty eighteen, or does he plateau here?
1: I think he will improve from a skills perspective. I mean, he was super young last year, so dude, people forget he was 21 years old all season long uh, and facing major league pitching, uh, doing it often, you know, near the top of the lineup. My biggest concern with Albies is where is he batting in this lineup? The, the okay. additions of uh, or bringing back uh, Marquez, adding Josh Donaldson, I think he's batting like sixth, and that is unfortunate for his fantasy value, because I don't know how much he's going to run. We definitely saw uh, his ability to steal bases is obviously there. He you know stole uh, fourteen in, in his rookie season, and we've seen him steal twenty plus in the minor leagues. And I think we maybe thought the power would develop later, and we but we'd get twenty stolen bases. Uh, it was great to see the power has already developed. However, I think uh, it, it's a bit scary for me to see him batting. I, I have a hard time believing the stolen bases are actually going to take an uptick like the projection systems have them. And that to me, and it, if the power takes a seat back because you know maybe the, the we're not going to get that power explosion we got in the first six weeks, then are we talking about a guy who? Is fifteen fifteen or fifteen ten with a two seventy average? That's not a guy who you want to be taking as early as Albies is going.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: and I love uh, Albies. I really, uh, yeah. Do. I'm still,
0: I'm still bought in. Um, I understand some of the concerns on Albies, but I don't think I'm really going anywhere. And it's not somebody I'm seeking out as much as I did. Last year, his draft spot, I I don't think is is egregious by any stretch of the imagination. What I'd really really like to see is those that speed be mm-hmm. utilized more because he he is but
1: it's he is not fast if enough he's to buried be, in the lineup, which is definitely
0: a a, a concern. But I mean, unless he's ba- unless he's buried eight, then he should still be running. So
1: yeah. I don't. Know. For me, it it's largely due to like the people going around him too. You know, let's forget about second base and and talk about he's going right behind uh, Eugenio Suarez. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I'd much he's rather still, have him. Suarez.
0: I I prefer Albies, but he's like I like right.
1: Suarez. He's going right ahead of Tommy Pham.
0: I like Fam. Obviously, we were uh, high on Fam. You know, on Tuesday night like labor,
1: Tyon and Clevenger.
0: Tyon's who, my boy. Got to get yeah, really like dog. both. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I agree. just
1: I don't see myself landing on Albies.
0: I think that is completely fair. And I I think again that's part of the reason I'm not getting as many Albies shares either is because I don't um, you know I, I don't I, I like so many guys around him. I, I definitely agree with that where it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I'm not I'm just not getting the my guy there because he's not a super target. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that with regards to Albies. But I will have some shares this year. I'll, st- I'll still stay bought in. Next up, why are you avoiding Glaber Torres? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, if, if Albies out. had some regression, then we have to talk about Torres' regression. I mean, I looked like an idiot. No no one pushed harder against uh, Glaber Torres, you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, and then once he was called up, then me. And so I will eat Crow for the start of his season. But if I've got to eat Crow for the start of his season, then I think other people should have to eat a little bit for how it ended. Because I think everybody <laughs> thought he was the next Robinson Cano in New York. And he, you know, he, he was not nearly as good of a player in the second half. Uh, do I think maybe I was a little bit low on him? Sure. But. At the end of the day, I think the second half is more indicative of who he is. I think he's a guy who's going to hit 20 home runs. He's going to hit like 265. And that's not super interesting to me considering where he's going and the guys I can get later.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's totally fair with regards to what, uh, what we saw out of Glaber Torres. I think the, the cost is really the issue. I agree. I mean, he's going 69, which is generally nice, but not as nice as you would think. Second short eligibility, which is nice for Glaber. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have other guys, the ones just ahead of him or wait for guys behind him. So let's move on. Like I said, you you have...
1: The in, I mean, the interesting part with him is, like, where do you think he hits in the lineup?
0: Hmm, that's a good question.
1: Because I think that, that in itself, with how powerful of lineup it is... Could Give him added value But like roster resource has him hitting seventh I was going to
0: say do they have him like Six or something could he bet who's two
1: Judge Oh yeah yeah they do that. that which I love By the way
0: putting putting their elite well, guys In exactly that two three where spot.
1: he should go I agree and I don't Think they necessarily want Albie's lead Or not Albie uh, Torres leading Torres. off So
0: hot if they did Want it no Gardner Gardner's still a solid Lead off hitter mm-hmm. they do have Hicks Third, it all makes sense. He could maybe bump to six over Andohar, but Andohar had such a great. I think seven is kind of where you gotta gotta go with Torres, and that matters mm-hmm. because that's going to impact runs and rubies. No, Especially no doubt about if, it.
1: If the guys behind him in Luke Voigt and LeMahieu don't live up to what maybe some people think they're he, they're gonna do, like it's it's not. You know, he's gonna get some RBI opportunities, but it's I don't think it's going. I don't think the counting stats are going to be as good as maybe people want them yeah. to be being on such a loaded Yankees offense
0: yeah I, to- I totally agree with that uh with regards to Glaber Torres how good is Daniel Murphy going to be in Colorado
1: so good so, good, so right. good
0: and he has a very similar ADP to Daniel Murphy which is why I am taking uh, I'm t- with with that spot and I uh, there is a big difference between the online and the draft championship, which Mm -hmm. is interesting, probably because the draft championships started earlier and might not have finished. Like when they were counted, they might've started in January and, and finished here to get counted. Whereas the online championships are, are drafted that night. So that's kind of an interesting situation. Actually, I would think the opposite would happen though, because Torres is ahead of Murphy in the online and Murphy's ahead in the draft championship. Either way, uh, 59 for the online. It's 59 for Torres, 67 for Murphy in the draft champions. It's 69 as I mentioned for for Torres. Nice, 65 for Murphy. So Murphy's actually ahead there. I do like Murphy in the in the 60s here somewhere. I could take him as high as somewhere in the 50s. My last opportunity, whatever that is, you know, if it's the uh, what 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 spot is like pick 55. That would be the middle of round four. Yeah. If I like if that's where I'm at and the second base makes sense for me, I'm taking him there. I'm not I don't think I'm risking it that he gets all the way back.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't because I want I I want Daniel Murphy We're talking about a guy with an elite hit tool that is going to Colorado.
0: Going to park
1: like I feel like they should just give him the batting title to start the season. So and then we can see just if worry about other, it, right? yeah. We can worry about other awards, you know, or, or play king of the mountain. You know, someone's got to come yeah, get like, the award from him. You have it; him.
0: it's yours. Mm-hmm. But can you hang on to it all year?
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I have, you know, I, I'm even surprised that the projection systems are like have him at like 304, 306, 307 that. batting averages. Like I feel For Daniel like, Murphy? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's underrating – the the BABIP increase that we're going to see from him and uh last year he at 299 in a down year last in a year,
0: down year last... he went 347 322 the two years before I know Daniel Murphy's gonna be 34 but how are the projection systems only going with the 300 in Colorado that doesn't make I, any sense to me
1: yeah I I think that I I'm not gonna have a ton of shares of Daniel Murphy just because of like I like I talked about with Albies in that time i'm grabbing other guys or sure uh or 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 focusing on pitching if i haven't gotten my ace yet uh that being said i love daniel murphy this year i think he is going to be fantastic and please don't play second base
0: yeah just qualify there you don't have to play there at all but i'm gonna have some substantial murphy shares and not necessarily in terms of volume but in terms of impact like Mm -hmm. maybe you know a main event like i want
1: i'm gonna have him a lot of auctions
0: Yes, I, I agree too. I, I want him where it matters, though. So if I'm only going to have a couple shares of Murphy, I want him in some leagues where it really, really matters. Uh, we've talked about this one a little bit, not necessarily as a uh, uh, in other positions because I don't think he qualifies anywhere else. But Jonathan VR is he just a a, a bargain? Eldebert Mondesi. I mean, I, I've kept invoking that name, but is he truly a bargain, Mondesi? Uh,
1: I I th- I see why, like. People that we have as well, I think, uh, made that uh, comparison. I, I mm-hmm. don't know that it's a good comp. Why because not? Because while uh, they both are going to be very fast and add some power, uh, and they're playing on bad teams, so they should both play, uh, I, I think VR's floor is much safer. <laughs> um, so the, you,
0: pref- you almost prefer VR because it's also much cheaper.
1: The, the upside is, you know, obviously, I think, bigger. I mean, I can't say it's bigger because we've seen a, he went 19, a 1962 62. with a 285 average. It, it, the walk rate for me is something that I prefer in VR. So, yeah, yeah. I th- honestly, I think they should be going around the same spot. And so I think They're VR not. should be going higher and Mondesi should be going later. Yes, I agree uh, with that. I just don't – I think a lot of people are going to point to the really disappointing year last year, or in 2017, um, when he was going in the second round and be like, well, look, there's, there's the downside. But, like, if – one, he lost a lot of paying time because of his defense. His yeah, so then you're playing really disjointed
0: playing time. Yeah, it was bad.
1: And, and I just don't see that happening in Baltimore. I mean, I think they would play me defensively if I could hit uh, this season. <laughs> yeah, just... They,
0: they just want some guys who, who can hit. I, I agree with that. You know, looking at the bat, the differences that they have between the two. Mondesi is .003, 0.003 so three points of batting average lower, basically the same, two forty one two forty four. He does have nine, nine more runs, five more homers, 13 more ribbies, and one more steal. I don't think... Those numbers are enough to justify VR going sixty fifth and Mondesi going thirty fifth. That's not two rounds of difference.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I just pulled up both. I just put up Mondesi's page, and I'm I'm looking at the projections from the bat, and yeah, it, I mean they're pretty and identical. I, I, I want to
0: point out. I didn't pick the bad because it's actually the most negative on Montesie to like shade oh, the monastery. Is it, I, it was,
1: I just picked it because it was the top one. I just noticed it to
0: be honest. Yeah, exactly. That's why I picked. It. I just, I just noticed it. Um, I'll, I'll mention Steamer. They have twenty-one forty-one for his Homer steal, so that'd be even six more steals. But that would only, that really wouldn't make that much of a difference. Like, I think if you go off of Steamer, that might justify the difference a little bit more, but.
1: But I mean, if you go I off of like ETC, which is a you know compilation of of projection systems, kind of weighted by the strengths of each projection system, you're talking about four home runs in favor of Mondesi, and then but you're talking about six points of batting average, uh, weighted in favor of VR, and virtually what four stolen bases for Mondesi? Like those numbers aren't four it's not rounds. Two rounds or and i mean isn't it more uh, than uh, two th- rounds? There 30, 30
0: 35 picks. Okay, 30 okay, so, so two, two rounds in a 15 team league. Yeah.
1: thats like not that isn't that doesn't make sense to me.
0: I I agree. And I like Mondesi. We were talking about Mondesi last summer. I I stupidly thought he was going to be my sneak tip, you know, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to I'm going to uh albies him next year, but then he just kept Getting better and kept being more high profile. That this is like at the beginning of his run. I'm like, ooh, well, sneak tip, man. Like, I'm not. I wasn't gonna be the only one in on him. Like I said, you know, if I was all beating him, that'd be. I, I wrote him up in 100. sleeper
1: articles coming into last season. I I, yeah. I, I love him as a player, and I, he's really fun to watch. He's a great defender, for fun to see. I just can't pay the price when I can get. VR cheaper it's it's
0: just too high it's It's just too it
1: it doesn't bake in I mean I guess it does somewhat bake in the chance of things completely falling apart because I think that is in the range of outcome for Mondesi is that the plate skills can be so bad that everything falls apart Uh, because I mean if we were saying he had a super safe floor I bet he'd be going in the late late second or late first early second round yeah he'd be like around turner but so, that's the
0: last thing he has His floor is, is anything but safe for Albert. Yeah, but I just seat. don't
1: think that, I don't think that's baked enough into the potential, and I I don't want to take that chance that high in a draft.
0: Not when I have a facsimile available later. Maybe well, if it, I didn't, because
1: I got burnt by VR.
0: Yeah, exactly. I bought in on VR, mm-hmm. saying that the floor was safe because of his walk mm-hmm. rate and his strikeout rate wasn't too and bad, the and everything was fell so apart.
1: bad. The contact yep. rate really took a dip. And that being brutal. said, I think he's just. I think he's safer this year because of the walk rate. I think the defense won't be an issue because he's playing in Baltimore. If he was still playing in Milwaukee, we'd have the same issues because they're not going to let him run out there and hurt them defensively. The Orioles want to lose games. If he's (laughs) you know biffing the ball over at sort of shortstop or second base, yeah, they're they're like putting him in the field with a blindfold, like they. like they don't the care. Box. Yeah. <laughs> I just got my uh Rotaware bird box uh, 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 t-shirt.
0: Wait, what's this now?
1: Oh, oh, you haven't seen this?
0: Oh, I'm unfamiliar uh, with this.
1: Oh, there is a Justin Mason bird box t-shirt. Oh my god. So, you can go check that, that, that over so on rotaware.com cool. in the in the Justin Mason Freaky. collection. Oh, uh,
0: yes. So I got I that. It.
1: I may wear that one at tout this year uh, for my draft. Because that's how you'll be drafted. Yes, I, I draft blind.
0: Perfect. That's perfect. All right. So that's uh, that's Jonathan B.R. with a little Alberto Mondesi mixed in. Uh, another guy we've talked about before at a different position, third base. But do you prefer Travis Shaw as a second baseman or third baseman? Which one would you rather draft him at?
1: Uh, I don't care. Like I... Like I, I, this is like- I'm this going
0: to lean a little towards second only because I think third's deeper. And so being able to put 30-80, even with a crummy average, even if the average stays at 241, by the way, which I don't think it will. He improved his strikeout and walk rate last year. I think batting average on the table, I really, really like Travis Shaw. I also think those five steals that we saw, I think that's kind of what you're definitely going to get. And you could pop 10 again the way he did in 2017. I don't know what it is about this offseason, but I'm on like – stolen, um, stolen speed kick where I'm trying to get these incremental gains instead of really going after speedsters. I'm just getting nickels and dimes everywhere.
1: It's a smart and... strategy because I think one of the things we learned last year in terms of the rabbits and I still like the rabbits and
0: yeah, I know uh, you've, you've always mm-hmm. supported them.
1: But one of the things, you know, and I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier is when your rabbit busts, you don't have options like if if you have Billy Hamilton and you pen- pencil him in you know last year for 45 stolen bases and, and he then he steals 30. 30 that's a huge gap to make up now if you you know or if you lose him completely you're dead like
0: yeah you you now have now, to go out and trade assets
1: yeah, or punt that category and, i mean you you know, those are the guys who actually killed people in leagues. Like it wasn't like yes. Altuve underperforming. It was guys who were one category contributors, not cont- de Shields. Yes. Like totally bottoming out for
0: you. And completely worthless. The yeah. Lionel de Shields has a top one hundred pick doing that. That he- if you say he killed your team, okay, I'll commiserate with you and say yes, you're right. But usually uh, I and I will amend now going forward because you're right. I usually say no one player ruins your draft. Something like that, a rabbit who is
1: utterly useless
0: because I don't even know if you want to keep all 20 steals.
1: he's a deficit at the other spots. And so not only are you having to now make up those spots you knew you were going to have to make up for in batting average or in power uh, or in RBIs, you're now having to make up ground in the category you drafted him for.
0: Exactly. And that's Delano Shields for sure. And so like I said, I've been just, you know, I wrote the article about the the catcher and first base speed that you can get, which is it's a small market. I understand it's a pretty niche article, but I've been looking at these nickel and dime guys and I really liked Travis Shaw coming into 17 after he stole five bases with the Red Sox. I was like, yo, this guy could get a few more steals because the Brewers run. Well he went 10 for 10. I was hoping he'd keep it. He bounced back to five last year. But I think that five to seven range is where he's definitely going to live and could pop 10 again, particularly if he gets some more hits. You know, he's got some empty uh, on first base with second base empty. He could run a bit. I really like Travis Shaw. I think I he's a pretty Travis good bargain Shaw. at 96, second, third base eligibility batting average upside believe it or not um you know not to something crazy but like 265 that's 24 points off of what he did last year and he hit 273 in 2017 so maybe it's even higher i might even be short changing travis shaw so i love him i agree with you it doesn't matter second or third necessarily i prefer second because it is a little bit more shallow but if the draft dictates where i've already got a second baseman you say I get uh Altuve in the first round I will gladly very very happily think, put Shaw in at third
1: I think when we kind of talk about this and I'm not saying you do this personally or or uh or the or industry people do this personally but I think sometimes when uh we talk about well I'd rather have this guy at second or short or third uh maybe people like then you know, if they've drafted Daniel Murphy, they're not willing to take Shaw because well, I'd rather you know we'd rather play him at second, and I've already got a oh, second. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, I don't want people to like, like it doesn't matter where these multi-positional like does it matter to me if Whit Merrifield plays second or outfield? No, I, I just want the stats, and I love having the positional eligibility. So the
0: flexibility is really more for in-season.
1: Yeah, and so like, I really, for me, drafts are always and auctions are always about. You know, putting together the puzzle, it doesn't necessarily matter that it goes together the same way for every draft or auction. So I'm just going to grab him because, one, I love him as a player. And I love the fact that he's got the position eligibility at two of the shallower infield positions.
0: Very pro on Travis Shaw. Will have shares, will have impactful shares. Again, meaning, you know, my beat Paul Spore online championship, <clears throat> uh, main event, like that yeah. sort of stuff is what I'm looking to get with my travis when
1: is your uh, beat paul sport league
0: is it it already filled and it is going to be filled filled the day it came out it's going to
1: be oh wow i see who's the more popular one on this podcast (laughs) i I still have spots in the the beat justin mason one still spots available on three two at at one p.m we'll get it filled we'll get it filled well um that
0: might be the time might be on yours might be a little bit of a Mm hang-up that might be the only reason uh mine's uh monday evening the 25th i believe so not this upcoming earlier too so yeah the monday after so not not this monday the following monday very excited about that Um, And that's
1: like the same time pretty much uh uh tgfbi starts drafting the day before
0: and so maybe we'll see if people are getting some of their cues from there and bringing them into my, the beat Paul Spore strategies. One guy I won't have because I'm not a huge rabbit fan. Speaking of,
1: how dare you, D. Gord?
0: I know, I know that just.
1: Are, are we skipping over the, Scooter Jeanette? Did I skip him? Yeah. No, he's after. Oh, he's after. oh, oh, oh! Sorry, on my, on my, uh, on my ADP that I was looking at. Oh, sorry, Jeanette yeah. was ahead of him, so. Uh, honestly, I, I, I apologize. We we will talk I don't know about Scooter. Where...
0: I don't know what uh, what ADP I was using to get the list, because it's different than what I'm looking at now too. But but I'm, on our list here, we've got D Gordon next. Now, D Gordon has hit 268 with 30 stolen bases two of the last three years, right on the button. Little deceiving because one of those years was a 79 game, the, the PED suspension season. So the fact that he got to 30 steals was actually quite good. And the 268, you know, wasn't awful. Uh but last year was a full season of 268 and a full season with 30 steals. So that was a bit more alarming. The in-between season, the, the little the little cream in the middle of that Oreo there is a 308-60 season. And, and we like that one. But what are we getting out of D. Gordon still out uh, in Seattle? And I believe batting at the bottom of the order yeah. because Mal Smith should be taking the top. Second base outfield eligibility for D. Gordon. And ADP just inside or just outside the top 100 around 105. But what are you expecting? And is this the rabbit that you would take?
1: I it is a rabbit that I would take. It's not the one I'm necessarily targeting because he's more expensive than Billy Hamilton, I believe. So oh substantial so i think i'll take the huge discount on billy hamilton
0: at this point yeah i would even get in on billy hamilton part of yeah. the reason i like the rabbits is their cost but also because you have to adjust your draft style if you're mm-hmm. not planning for them but uh billy hamilton at like 165 ish i i don't know exactly where it's at and that could rise as spring goes by I'm the way sure I, it I, do, will. I do believe he's somebody who could seriously chop off like 50 spots on his adp that's why drafting early can be a benefit but uh, yeah, D Gordon is still at a at a you know not unreasonable 105. I don't clown anybody that takes him. You're getting that premium speed, but you just have to plan for so much else. And now I think even the runs could be a bit of a liability.
1: Yeah, I think that's the big issue is uh, the runs scored with him batting at the bottom. You like you can't expect to get 80 plus runs scored, and
0: and they're uh, already not a great offense. Like it'd be one thing batting at the bottom of A dope offense, quite another when you're batting at the bottom of Seattle's offense.
1: That being said, coming into last year, my argument for him in the second round was this is a guy who has stolen at least 58 bases in three of the past four years heading into last year. Uh, And the one year he didn't steal that many bases was the the PED suspension. season. So that was my argument was like he's got a track record of stealing all these bases. You know, And I'm not going to throw the baby out with a bathwater because of one down year. He, he dealt with a lot of stuff. The, the entire Mariners organization was funky last year. Uh, he had to switch between positions, mul- you know, multiple times last season. Uh, yep. He's now going to be back playing second base full time. And if you don't think like a position switch like that, when you're moving to a position, you've never played before is an issue, you know, can affect you you uh, in the batter's box, I, I think you're, you're oh, being I, naive. So
0: I believe you're very mistaken. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that.
1: I am very much on board with the higher end of the projections, which is the bats, which has them for four home runs, 77 runs scored, 42 stolen bases, and a 276 batting average. Okay. And I think that is kind of a steal where he's going. Now, there's risk, and we just talked about there's risk with these kind of players, uh, especially huge risk to your team. Not just risk it, you know, as the player could regress, but if you're banking on 30 to 40 steals from this guy and he gives you 20, that puts you off in a really big hole, especially if the average isn't there. You're getting no RBI support, virtually very little home run or no home run support. So, this is a risky proposition and you need to account for that and be he's almost like these rabbits are almost like the rich hills of of hitters yeah. in terms of, <laughs> yeah, they could I like that they could uh, result in you need to do a lot of in season work, a lot of maintenance. Yep. Mm-hmm so just remember that and if that's not the kind of fantasy owner you want to be if you weren't one of the guys scouring the waiver wire for the Monda season VRs of the world late last year because you prefer to just set it and forget it then don't draft a guy like D. Gordon
0: yeah exactly and we talk about this repeatedly and we're going to continue to mention it because you need to know what kind of fantasy owner you are and and draft accordingly like don't put things outside of your comfort zone or outside of what you want to do that you can't maximize a particular player's profile. And I think it's particularly important with guys like Rich Hill, those pitchers that are are high maintenance, but there could be hitters like that too. So that's a great call out. Let's move on to another guy who I kind of have in a Travis Shaw realm where I really like him and I think his price is super fair and that's the aforementioned Scooter Jeanette. And my question on him is, is Scooter Jeanette a bargain Daniel Murphy?
1: I think he is. Like, I don't understand... Like this is one of the guys where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have lots of shares of Scooter Jeanette.
0: Yeah, what what's he need to do to get inside the top 100? His last two seasons are not only fantastic um, performance-wise. I think the skills back up what he's doing. He's not a walk guy, but he's not an egregious strikeout guy with the power no, that's that's come there. I... Batting averages there, like great park, solid lineup. Even before their additions this year, um, Cincinnati quietly had a a sneaky solid lineup last year the hell does scoots have to do to get some love here
1: yeah i i don't know i i really i really don't get why he goes outside of the top 100 in, in drafts. it's i this is like is there some sort of bias against kind of like shorter you know late you know late later breakout white guys that play second <laughs> base because like people Whit. don't like Wit merrifield doesn't get the respect he deserves uh Scooter Jeanette, you know, broke out a little bit later, you know, yeah. a short little white guy who plays second base, and he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Uh I don't I don't I don't get it. I mean, will he hit three ten again? No, probably not, but, but, like, but there's no reason yeah, no reason he can't hit two ninety. Yeah. I mean he's I, he's got I, a clear exactly. three thirty four babip and all the projection systems have him regressing to This is your big
0: pet peeve, right?
1: Yeah. Like when,
0: when there's no reason to necessarily cause we talk about and I think even the folks who like make projections talk about this how players can kind of set their own BABIP, yeah. uh, particularly hitters more so than pitchers. So if they're showing a sustained level in like the three twenty plus range, why are the projections for most of them, ATC has three twenty eight, but why are so many of the other projections at three oh six and sub 320 if he's a 334 career for Scooter Jeanette. In the last
1: two seasons, he's had three uh, 358 last year, 339 the year before. So we're going to say he's going to regress to the player he was before the breakout? Like ooh, I, I don't understand. Where, where is the skills change that this fallout's going to have happen? Because I see a guy who improved his contact rates all across the board, inside, outside the zone, both improved. Are you saying because his O swing increased, then, for some reason his BABIP's gonna? I I I just don't get the correlation here of why the projection. You know, maybe this is something I'll talk to Ariel about, or I'll, or I'll talk to Derek Carty about, and be yes. like, hey, why? Like, why, why, do, why is your program? What drives it? You know, why is it kind of regressing him that far? Like, I have no problem saying, okay, he's not a true talent, you know, 358 BABIP guy, but why isn't he 330? Like, the, I, that I don't get.
0: That's the thing. If you're going to regress it off the 39 358 that Scooter's had in the last two years with his BABIP, why not something more in the, in the 320s, the way Ariel has it, 328? Like, I like that. I
1: rarely that. say this, but the fans nailed it.
0: I, I was going to say that, too. I, I'm very rarely on that side, because it's just always such a rosy picture but i think that they got this one right with scoots yeah. they 20, got 329 three
1: home runs yeah uh, nine night or the uh, 292 345 477 like that is who scooter Jeanette is and that means he should be going inside the top 100.
0: yeah i think i think scoots is a nice uh nice little bargain outside the top 100 there and i'll be happy to slot him in even into a middle spot if i've already got second base locked up at this point in the draft i'm not afraid to put up the middle early you know relatively early I know so ideally and and Jason and I actually kind of had the 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 ideal play out where we had everything filled in except for corner middle and dh uh, and an outfield spot so like we were kind of wide open on the draft board which is always nice but it's not it's not a must and I, I sometimes see people making bad draft decisions to get to that level and eschewing a better player just so that the corner and middle are open, which I like because that means that they're doing it in my draft and they're drafting suboptimally. But when I'm reviewing their team, I'm like, that was a bad pick because you just wanted to keep corner open because of some fictitious potential bargain that you thought would fall to round 17, right?
1: I think that it's a really bad, especially if you're talking about like Corner where first and third can be shallower, but even you know in the middle with with second and short, it's it's just a bad strategy because you're you're giving someone else in your draft added value. I loved what Mike Gianella and Brett Sayer did like three years ago when shortstop was like really really shallow.
0: Didn't they draw in the pool and yeah, take two?
1: in the they they had the turn pick in I think it was t- t- tout head or a Tout mix. Maybe the tout Toutmixer. Yeah, or I think it was this mix. draft. Yeah, it was, it was labor bench. Draft. You're right, and they they took Ian Desmond and someone else like 15, 16. and it totally freaked out the rest of the draft pool. And every yep. they pushed up the entire all the other shortstops. And while those two shortstops actually didn't perform at the level they needed it, it set a panic off in the draft room. And uh, the process
0: matters mm-hmm. too, right? For sure, and, and that's what it was. Is that it was a particular process that um, and the strategy. Didn't necessarily pan out with the results, but the process was interesting don't, and I really liked
1: it. I, I think people overrate like how important it is to fill certain uh, positions at certain times. It, it's I, the reason totally why Nelson agree. Cruz gets dropped uh, way too far in ADPs because people, well, I don't want to fill my util spot.
0: Credit to the uh, community, though, on, on one end of that, Chris Davis is, is still being drafted well uh pick Mm -hmm. 49 i think that they're getting that one right but you're right um nelson cruz and david ortiz before him were just major bargains because they were old and ut only chris davis might even be a little bit of a bargain at 49 maybe i haven't really run numbers or anything to see if his projection is up to like a top 30 or whatever but i think 49 is pretty fair but yeah cruz goes Let's see real quick here. I know we're on second base, but Cruz goes 93. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I know I know he's 100, but he's so locked in. And I'm sorry. Like if you're that, if if you're that worried about filling in UT, then you need to be a better drafter. I'm sorry. Like my ar- just, my argument, like...
1: argument is, if you take a if you take a third baseman at the top 50, are you ever moving him out of that slot? So why does it matter that you? That you're never going to move Nelson Cruz out of that slot. You're locking in your top 50 to 100, you know, picks in their slots anyways. It like it, it makes no sense that you your argument is like I oh well, I, I want to have that open you know so I can rotate one, guys in. Yeah, rotate people in other places. This is why like positional eligibility is is so key. And you've got guy more guys this season than ever with yes. multi positional eligibility
0: totally agree uh, let's try to get a few more in okay. here we are running up against our clock uh can Brian Dozier rebound all the way in uh in Washington are, are we are we seeing a muted Brian Dozier the rest of the way here or can we see a rebound with Washington and get back to our uh you know 30 double digit steal? like because the steals have always been kind of weird 21 12 18 16 12 I know they're trending down the last couple of years but can we get can we get 30 and then double digit steals? with decent batting average, or is he going the way of Todd Frazier? Because if you look, they kind of had similar profiles, and then Todd Frazier started to have that terrible batting average. Is he in that Todd Frazier zone now, or can can Brian Dozier rebound nicely?
1: Hmm. I I don't think he's in the Todd Frazier zone, but I don't know that.
0: Well, I, I will mention age 31. Was when Todd Frazier bought. Well, his first drop down was age 30. He went from 255 to 225, but he was still at 4015 with the uh, Homer stolen bases. But but you kind of compare that to the um, age 31 season that we just saw from Dozier, and you know from 271 to 215, 2112. Plate skills were still so fine. He doesn't strike out as much, so maybe it's not as pronounced. But I'm wondering if it's a a, a relative situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Statcast numbers aren't like particularly glowing either. I mean, he definitely had a drop in his exit velocity. He definitely earned <laughs> that average. Uh, yes, that he had last year. That wasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of it. I mean, you you can say like, oh, look his BABIP drop, and you you can't say like that. Uh, you know, Scooter Jeanette's BABIP should. You know. Shouldn't be that uh, in the projections and then go, well, Brian Dozier's bat bip was 30 points below his career average. And that like part of that was because he's hitting such weak balls on the ground. And uh, I don't think rough. he is going to rebound to the 2016 or 2017 levels, I think. All right. Feet
0: to the fire. Then give me give me a number on on Dozier. What do you, what do you got in batting average first? What do you got
1: Two forty five.
0: homers? 23
1: three sbs 10 runs uh 85 ribbies uh i'm pulling up roster resources because i assume he's going to bat at the top of the lineup
0: i agree because the agree. one
1: thing he does do is walk
0: Yes, in, he still ha- his his plate skills stayed the same twenty percent, eleven percent with the strikeout walk for Dozier. They stayed the same. Although roster resource says sixth with Adam Eaton and Trey Turner up at the top. Well, so, so what if he goes that down would, there?
1: That would be a big deal. Because I was would, about. Would to start you flip his to,
0: runs and ribbies? Then would you would you say like you, you had like eighty five runs?
1: 75.
0: Yeah, that's probably uh, more fair. Although you're,
1: I mean, you're right. The underlying plate skills didn't change either, like his contact rate was actually up last year inside and outside of the zone. Uh, yeah, his O-swing actually went down a little bit. Like, the the plate skills haven't changed. There's definitely an exit velocity drop that, you know, it dropped about a mile, mile and a half. Uh, oh, wow, and actually it dropped um, – yeah, it dropped a mile an hour on his exit velocity, okay. so uh, – and and the hard hit rate really dropped. It dropped from 34.7% uh, to 28.4% last year. So he's not hitting the ball as hard. He's not hitting the ball as fast when he is hitting it hard. Uh, so I think the homers have to come down. You know, maybe the, maybe the speed actually goes back, and we're looking at a guy who's a, a 2015 guy with a 240 average.
0: for Dozier, lineup will matter. Uh, Adam Eaton's hardly the most healthy guy. If something happens there, I think and Dozier is back on a Dozier track. I think he could bump up to the top of the lineup at that point. I think he could find his way back I up there, but he might value, start though. a little bit lower. That's... Yeah, I don't. I don't hate his draft costs I probably just like other guys around him. But he is going to pick 140. Dozier is, and I would say don't completely write him off. There are a couple guys here that are ahead of him right now in in some of these drafts. Again, where the hell did I, I think I might have done online for this? And now I'm looking at draft champions, but. uh Quick one here. Does good Rugnet Odor ever come back? Meaning really the thirty plus homers? Because we were he was and and steals that aren't so terrible with the uh, success rate. He was at eighteen homers and twelve for twenty four on the bases last year. He's still just five. I guess the bottom line <laughs> question, are you buying Rugnet Odor still at age twenty five? And and uh pick yes. one twenty
1: nine? Yeah, I am. I cause these are the I mean, this is we, we got an argument with someone on Twitter about Mondesi and, and mm. you know, uh, uh, and I said, like, this, like, Rougnado Dorr is what Mondesi could be if things go poorly, like, yeah. because the plate skills can be so bad. That being said, like, he he took a, he took a step up in the walk rate.
0: Nearly he, doubled his walk rate to 8%, from 5% yeah, to 8% for Odor. Cut that was strikeouts nice. At
1: the same time, minimally, but he did. Uh, still shows that he can steal double- digit bases and there's He's obviously more power in that or th- there's a ton of power in that bat like yep. uh if you look at the projection systems they seem to really like a rebound for a minute Correct. especially the bat who has him for a 29 19 to 256. I'll take that all day. Odor is always on a lot of my teams. Will continue to be on a lot of my teams.
0: I'll have some shares for sure. I've I've been a little bit of an anti-Odor recently. I think now at pick 129, 130 area, I'm in. I don't think um, I was
1: more upset at the Barf League when uh, than when uh Eno uh, snipe me on <laughs> like i was i was literally upset i was like
0: i i know you've been a backer in, in previous years so i can totally see that, that that annoying the heck out of you um are you drafting robinson cano in new york at at his adp which is 126 he came back from the peds last year and he was he was perfectly solid he was actually you know pretty robinson canoey uh with the power down a little bit but the average really strong at, at 303 303 374 471 with 10 homers in 80 games when you see eighty games, it's so hard not to just double it up. And I think with the consistency of his track record, it, it's actually a scenario where it's not the end of the world if you if you do that with Cano. But the bottom line is, is that his slash line was really strong. He goes to New York, a better park, not a great park, but better than Safeco, I believe. Are you drafting Robinson Cano this year
1: at his uh, current eighty? I actually believe it's worse. Uh, the park? I'm, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the park factors. Right uh, I'm pretty sure Andrew Perpetua before right. he took that job with the Mets said that it would be a little. But I mean, it's going to be ne- negligible. I don't think like it's I'm not worried hit about on the – homers.
0: Not not a, everything else is, is pretty negligible. It's a decent pop on homers by Stat Corner for lefty homers. It goes from 102 to 88. Yeah.
1: For so Robinson. I want to say he. I think Andrew projected that if he had played in uh, um, City. In, in if yeah he if he'd played in New York last year as opposed to playing in Seattle he would have lost like two home runs well, okay but that's which is a that's twenty percent of his home runs sure. so maybe that's not as um and maybe and Andrew I'm sure will DM me and, and and uh and and correct me on on what it. if I give
0: you what if I only give you sixteen homers but I give you ninety runs ninety ribbies and a and a uh, three hundred average.
1: Know. Like I don't even want him. I, there's no scenario in which I'm gonna have Robinson Cano, like, and maybe it's ageist, and uh, I'm I'm not uh, uh, giving him enough credit for what he's doing at this age, but he's just uh, I. It, part of it is I like to punt batting average, so like I don't necessarily care that his batting average is that strong. Oh, yeah,
0: see, I I like how firm. But uh, the batting average. I, I mean, is he's then. going
1: right there with. With O'Dor, and I just can't imagine ever taking Cano over O'Dor, considering O'Dor's upside. And I mean, Cesar Hernandez is is after him too, and you know, you get the average and the speed that you you know. You, get, you at least get the average, I think, because his his average will rebound. We should talk. Is yeah, let, let's, I want to
0: get these last two in okay. because uh, I, I really like both these players, and then we'll cut it there okay. and jump in on the rest of second base next time when we're not up against time. Cesar Hernandez added pop in lieu of average. What do we get in 2019? So basically kind of taking a look at his whole profile here. What, what are you expecting out of Cesar Hernandez next year given the the vast profiles that we've seen the last few years with regards to um really his entire profile the speed is been the one constant but everything else is kind of bounced around so what are we getting out of Cesar Cesar Hernandez, particularly if he goes down to the bottom of the order, because McCutcheon and Segura probably gonna push him down there.
1: Mm, I I didn't think that
0: That's the bummer with Cesar for me.
1: See, and I thought he would still lead off and then be followed, but yeah, Ross Resource has him going down to eight, that's the big bummer. <laughs> Is um, If yeah, if he goes down to eight, that's really scary for him. Uh, that being said, I think he'll probably keep some of the gains that we saw with power, but kind of go back to a little bit more of what he was doing uh, in terms of hitting for average. Should I expect him to hit like 270, you know, 10 home runs, you know, you know, 15 to 20 stolen bases?
0: Yeah, I was going to say there's actually a little speed upside, I think, if if they let him run more. But Gabe Kapler's not somebody who seemed to be... Are they let him
1: run in front of a pitcher?
0: That's that's kind of the problem there, because he could really pop his first 20 stolen base season if they really turn the reins loose on Cesar Hernandez. He's a great on-base guy. I'm intrigued by him, but I don't like taking a guy that early who's batting eighth. It just really, in, in the NL yeah, especially, I didn't, I didn't it really realize... undercuts...
1: I didn't realize he was going to be batting That—that so I mean, amazing. that's what it looks Good. like right
0: now, right? We're about to start getting games soon, which, oh my God. By the way, it's my favorite time of the year where I pretend like I'm so excited for spring training games. I watch the first day, and then they become background noise for the rest of the month. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't really watch them the rest of the way, but, like, I'm so excited for them to start. We'll see if Cesar Hernandez, but I don't think he's going to push push McCutcheon out for sure. I think McCutcheon as a, as a leadoff. No,
1: I, I was and thinking... It
0: really makes sense up there.
1: Yeah, I was thinking Cesar either first or second at McCutcheon in the other spot, and then Segura hits fifth. But I
0: Ooh, yeah, M- maybe Cesar should hit fifth.
1: Yeah, himself. I mean well, Nick maybe Williams hit... definitely shouldn't. I don't know why Nick. I don't know why Nick Williams would be hitting fifth.
0: Well, that yeah, that's who's penciled in right now. So maybe Cesar does build his way up.
1: Though I mean um, Harper is ending up there. So Harper's this whole thing is going to look oh, different. You know, in... yeah. Harper's going to end up in like this whole Harper to San Francisco thing. Like I, I, no. like, don't get me wrong. Super excited as a Giants fan. He's it not going to do it. He's not not gonna do going that. to do that happen
0: He's not that dumb. And I don't no. think they have enough money that they could make it worth his while to go. Oh, I think in they've got enough part. money.
1: They all. Every team has enough money to make it worth as well. No no no, 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 no,
0: They could pay him the money. I don't know that they have enough to beat everybody else to make it worth.
1: They totally do.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. You're missing what I'm saying. Can they pay him? Yes. They don't have enough to beat the rest of the teams to make it worth going to and, that
1: terrible and park I, for. A I completely understand what you're saying, and I disagree. I no, think that,
0: that they'd the, have to pay him five hundred mil, dude. Like yeah. it, it's, and it's, I think the Giants no.
1: would do that. No, if, they wouldn't. If, 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 if they
0: would, then they would have already offered it. There's no universe. If, if these teams aren't well, offering sorry, the money sorry, right I, now, I,
1: I, I don't think they would do that. I think they could do that if they wanted to. Like th- this is. This is if they felt like this keeps the ballpark filled, um, it it doesn't. No, it it would be so remarkably stupid. I'm not saying it's a good decision, but I'm saying like they they can afford to do that. And uh, it would be dumb. It would be super dumb. And I don't think it's going to happen. And I think he's going to end up in Philadelphia. So God damn it, Bryce Harper, just sign so we can figure out this lineup.
0: Here's the thing though. If it would be dumb, then I then I don't they can afford it financially, but afford I also include like smarts. And so it would be ill advised. They signed to do Brandon it in, Belt in, in, to
1: a six year, sixteen million dollar a year deal. Which
0: was very stupid.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I so, like don't get me wrong, just because they won a bunch of World Series does not make the Giants organization a smart organization.
0: No, congrats to them, though. No, they did at least yeah. y'all got the World Series. Your yeah, bet. no, I'll yeah, take it. I, I I don't see those Giants fans chirping, chirping me as a Tigers fan so much though about my rebuild. It was weird that they of all fans were uh, some of them were chirping me, be like, "You're about to be exactly where the Tigers are. At least you have your rings to sit on, which is great.
1: I can cuddle with my World Series trophy." Philly
0: set the set the bar when they had to do their teardown, like they had a similar mold to the Tigers. Then it's the Tigers, and now it's the Giants. They all had that similar mold. Well, and ours is going to be a hell of a lot
1: more painful than yours.
0: I, I think so too, be, and because unless Bumgarner really does pop back, you don't have that Verlander piece to really jumpstart, to trade and, and build up the system. But anyway, let's finish up here. You got to get going. Yoan Mankata, though. Yoan Moncada, now you here? Um, I I I keep vacillating on on Moncada as far as understanding where the breakout could come. Obviously, he has dynamic power and speed. I've always been a power speed type of guy. I love those profiles. And yet, I just, I, I'm so suspect on this profile. When do we ever really see guys with 30% strikeout rates uh, or, or North, which is uh, his career's 34%, really fix it to a degree that allows them to have a, a, a positive fantasy batting average? Which I think to be positive, you have to be at least 260, at least. And even that isn't necessarily positive to the batting average, but it doesn't hamper you so much. It kind of just is in the it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. But anything under that, you're you're really dragging it down, particularly if you're a full time player. So, are you seeing the breakout here? Like, well, where? What chance do we get a Yohan Makata Uber breakout this year, where it's like, holy crap, he biased? Mm. Mm. What's the ten ch- percent? Uh, Okay. And obviously at 169, that 10%, that's fine. He doesn't need to be that. But what are you expecting from a pick 169 that makes it worth your while if you're even taking Mokata? You punt batting average in lieu of. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't have a problem skills. taking Moncada. So I feel like, uh, yeah,
0: you might like him.
1: At this price, he's special. Are you in? Yeah. Are, I'm are not you like,
0: fully all, in? I'm
1: not like, I'm not all, like, this isn't a guy I'm targeting. Like, if I, okay. if I see him sitting there and I go okay, I feel like my batting average floor is pretty safe. Uh, or, I, like I said, I'm punting batting average, and I go, I mean, he is a guy who hits home runs and steals bases. Uh, I think there's talk that uh, they could move him back over to third, and that would add multi-position eligibility. And, uh, that, yeah. and then, the, like, unlike Baez, he walks a ton. And so exactly. I think I think there's going to be some growth in stolen bases this year. I think there should be a l- at least a little bit of growth in power and so I think this is a guy who will likely be a 2020 threat. He may not be 2020, maybe like or 2015. The problem is you're going to have to deal with a 2 230 to 240 batting average. Uh so I prefer him in an on-base percentage format.
0: 100%. Uh, I mean his pick, his pick is probably up 30, 40 picks easily. Yeah. Uh, for Moncada in an OBP, I would, I would think.
1: Yeah. So, but I, I'm not running away from him, but I'm also not, I, I'm not going to be sit here and go, well, this is the next bias because Baez, in a lot of ways is a unicorn. So I, I like, there aren't many guys who can, who can deliver his kind of numbers at that plate profile. Ra- and
0: Ramon I Ramon oriano or you going Moncada.
1: It depends on what my team needs at that time.
0: You don't have a team need based on where they're going. It, it's round. It's round eleven, twelve. Moncada. Ok. Well, we took Loriano. Jason was advocating for Moncada in that range, and when we took Hicks, Loriano.
1: Better Park. Uh, a I'm team just not that's going to sold be on as him bad that a uh, bad enough where they may just let him run as much as he wants, uh, and I just think the upside is so much like the upside is what we saw with bias last year i think there's a very little chance that it's going to happen uh but it's there and so i'll take that plus i think i do think that he has a chance he gets multi-positional eligibility this year
0: i think Loriano carries similar upside maybe not as much power as a a bias more
1: safety i think too
0: but the speed is actually game changing for for so yeah it's just something that uh jason was advocating for him and I feel like if he breaks out, Jason's going to say, "Wow, I told told you we should have taken him a few times." And I'm like, "I just couldn't get sold." That was one of those I just wasn't ready to compromise on, which is something that you have to do when you're drafting team style, and you have to, you know, you have your give and takes. And that was one that I was a little bit more hardlined on. And he was cool with Loriano, so we took him there, and that was our last shot to I, get you I just worry
1: that Loriano loses a full time role if he struggles. You know, the A's are going to be good. His
0: defense is so good, though.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like he's an elite center. They just center have so fielder. many other right.
1: options in.
0: But for center field,
1: yeah, Fowler,
0: Dexter Fowler on the team. I'm kidding. It's Dustin. It's How Dustin. I'm dare kidding. You. How I dare don't. You. I don't think Dustin Fowler. Like the the difference, like the level of struggle that Loriao has to have to for Fowler to be the option, is is pretty low percent. That that's the pretty low percentile potential. But maybe I am a little bit rosy on L'Oreal. I just really like his profile. But anyway, Mo- that's Yolmankada. It's
1: okay. You can be wrong. It's I fun.
0: continue. Oh my god, yeah. I continue to dig in on him. You know, he's 24, and I I might be changing my tune a little bit. Sorry, Jason. Might be too little, too late. But I, I, I don't even that, know if I dude, have. I, I
1: just I think we're not having to pay the premium that we paid last year. That's so true. I want to like say he was going like one nine. Thirty last year. I can
0: tell you where he was going. I actually have 2018 pulled up. On I feel like 200. he was going
1: like 120, 130 last year. Montana
0: was going 133. Good yep. call with a with a range of uh, with a peak of 68. Yeah. Like and this, I don't oh, know exactly. People when this,
1: hyped on him last year for sure.
0: And I don't know exactly when this NFBC uh, 2018 data is pulled from. I got this file from Jeff Erickson. It could be middle of draft season, early draft season. Or it could be end, but I don't think it is because I feel like Moncada was going higher end of draft season, closer to the 110 range. But that could just be me uh, remembering incorrectly. But anyway... You got to bust out of here. So I think that's 22nd Baseman there. We'll get to the rest. Um, Let us know what what you think. The more free form that we've done on the previous ones or the more targeted questions to kind of blaze through a few of them. We really only went quickly through a couple, but I still like the discussion. I think the discussion's where it's at as opposed to just giving yes, no answers on things and not adding any color to it. So anyway, we'll be back next week. Hope you have a good weekend, Justin, and I'll talk to you later.